Hi, welcome to the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast. This is Rashonda Yates. I have recovered from binge eating, lost 50 pounds and kept that off for over two years. And now I am sharing my stories to help you end your binge eating once and for all. Now today, I am talking about three reasons it's so hard to stop binge eating and how to overcome them. So the most common phrase I hear over and over again is this, I just can't stop. Have you ever said this to yourself? Have you ever said to someone else? Have you ever wondered why the urge feels so compelling and why despite an honest effort to quit um, and an honest desire to stop, it's so hard to nip it in the bud? Well, in today's episode, I'm going to get into this and share the three reasons why it's so hard to stop and what to do about them. So let's go ahead and jump in. Today's episode is brought to you by my three-part video training, How to Stop a Binge Before It Starts. This training is delivered straight to your inbox in bite-sized chunks and will help you to get through any craving without giving in. This is the very four-step process that I used that helped me to lose 28 pounds um, and helped me to get through cravings. So if you want to get some extra coaching from me, um, you can go ahead and grab that at sinfox.com slash Yates. The big question that we're addressing today is, why is it so hard to stop binge eating? The first reason that it's so difficult to stop binge eating is because your brain actually wants you to keep binge eating. I've talked a lot about how, you know, binge eating is a habit. That's all it is. And here is what you may not know about habits. Habits are actually brain-based and they are about survival. All the habits that you have, every single habit that you have, your brain believes that you need the habit to survive. (laughs) And that's your brain's job is simply to keep you alive. Um, Your brain doesn't care about, you know, if you want it to be a habit or not, it doesn't categorize things as good or bad habits. All your brain knows is that this is the habit that we have and we need it for survival. So what happens is that your brain um, will create an urge and the urge is basically an alarm going off saying, okay, it's time to do this habit now. Um, But what happens is when we have habits that are undesirable, when this habit plays out, we start to tell stories about, um, about the habit, about the urge, what it means about us. Okay. So for example, um, when I would have cravings, I would get so anxious about the fact that I was having cravings. And I would start telling myself stories about it. So I would say, oh my God, I feel so out of control. I just want to eat cake. 
Um, I just like cake too much. You know, why can't I just not enjoy cake so much? Why can't cake just taste bad? You know, I would really start to spiral because I felt so anxious about the fact that I was even having an urge. Well, when you think about it, and this, when I realized this, when I learned this, um, and I learned it from a mentor who taught me about the brain and about brain-based habits, this blew my mind. Um, because one of the things I often hear, I'll hear people talk about, um, I'll, some people will say, um, you know, I don't think that I'm an emotional eater. I just have these urges to binge. Well, when you think about it, the urge itself is emotional. You see, we do things based on how, on emotion. We do things that we feel like doing. And, you know, I used to think that this was a problem. I used to think, oh, you know, I'll, if I never feel like doing something, then I'll never do it. And so I need to be able to be a person who does the things um, whether I feel like it or not. And that is true. But then I recognized how powerful it is to actually feel like doing the things that serve me. And I realized that I could actually cause this to happen. I could actually create um, my habits by feeling like doing them. Okay. And that's something that we can get into in another episode. But basically what I want you to realize, and this might be a huge aha for some people, is that urges themselves are emotional. So they're stronger than the part of you that wants to stop. So when you think, no, I, I'm not going to, you know, binge on pizza. No, I'm, I said I'm not having chocolate. No, you know, these are my goals. No, I'm trying to lose weight. No, I want to be healthier. All those things are analytical thoughts. Those are things that you think of as being you and think of as being, you know, the part of you that knows what's best for yourself and wants to get a handle on the binge eating. The emotional brain is far, far, far more powerful than that part of you that wants to stop. And this is why binge eating is so hard to stop. But don't get discouraged, okay? Because there is something that you can do about this. So first of all, don't get into a back and forth battle with your emotional brain. Um, it will win every time. If not right away, eventually the tension will build up so much that you'll give into it. And you'll basically, you know, basically end up saying, ah, whatever, you know, what the heck, I'll just given and I'm going to go ahead and have what I want. And I'm sure, you know, you can probably relate to this. I certainly can. Um, in fact, there is a, a term for this in psychology. It's called the abstinence violation effect. Um, I've also heard of it um, called the what the hell effect. Um, basically, you know, um, that moment when you finally give in and you say, oh, you know, I'm going to have just one bite. And then you feel so much shame about it that it ends up being a rebound. Okay. So how to address this. Instead of getting into a back and forth battle that's going to build up the tension of the urge, talk to that part of your brain. You can actually talk to your own brain and tell it that you know what it is and that it's not you. Basically, tell it to hit the road. You're not interested in its games. Think about anything else. This shifts your attention away from the urge and towards something else. Now. Um, in terms of 
turning your attention to something else, different things are going to work for different people. For some, it's going to be reading. For some, it's going to be getting up and being physically active. Um, You have to do the work to know what will work for you. What I did was use mindfulness practices to drop into my body and actually notice the sensations of urge. This gave me such a sense of grounding and presence that over time felt better than binging and created new grooves in my brain that helped me link urges with a trigger to be more mindful instead of a trigger to eat. Um, so I do do a deep dive into this and into this process in my free training, um, which you can get at sinfox.com slash Rashonda Yates. But basically this is urge surfing. This is riding the wave of an urge and um, experiencing it without necessarily giving into it and without, and this is important, without resisting it. Because actually when we resist an urge, that's when a binge manifests. So I'm going to say that again, because it's really, really important. Binges manifest when we resist the urge. So reason number two is you are afraid to give up dieting. This is one of the biggest mistakes that I see people making when trying to overcome binge eating. They cling to um, a desperate hope to lose weight, focus so much on that outcome that they get caught up in a cycle. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of reasons for this, but one of the main ones is the the baggage that associates um, that's associated with dieting it it actually blinds you to the solution to binge eating. And what's ironic is that the very solution often solves the weight problem, you know, but by clutching to keeping your focus on losing weight, you're losing out on recovery. You're losing out on freedom and you're losing out on the power to attain your goals, whatever they may be. So this is a huge one. This this one changed the trajectory of my recovery journey. It changed my life when I chose to stop dieting. Now, notice I didn't say I chose to give up on weight loss because that, that's not what happened. It's just that I moved my focus off of dieting and off of weight loss so that I could take care of myself and be happy right where I was. Because the problem is when we put our happiness, when we attach our happiness to, you know, a number on the scale or just avoid showing up in our lives in a certain way until we reach some goal, any goal, whether it's a goal that serves us or not, then all we're doing is we're actually just being miserable and putting our any and all goals further out into the future. You know, we think that, once I achieve X, Y, or Z goal, then I'll be happy. But the opposite is true. Be happy now. If you are truly happy right now and truly at peace right now, right where you are, then your goals will follow. Um, and it's um, it takes commitment to be able to to do this because I'll tell you what happened when I decided to stop dieting. You know, I would backslide 
I would catch myself in old patterns. I would catch myself trying to go back on a diet. I would catch myself trying to count calories. And then I would catch and I would realize, wait a minute, you know, like, remember why you chose to stop this? (laughs) Because I would feel I would find myself getting irritable and panicked and fearful and miserable again. So it took commitment. It took me moving myself back to my original plan over and over and over again. But by doing that, I found freedom. So here's what you can do um, in case you're a person who clings to dieting and clings to weight loss and that's all you can really focus on and you're kind of obsessed with it and you're binging. Like If this is you, here's what you can do. I want you to take an assessment and I want you to just think back over, you know, the past one, three, five, 10, even more years. How many diets have you been on? How long have you been dieting? Did your results, if any, last? Are you better or worse off than when you started? How much longer Will you do the same thing, hoping for different results? Now, these next uh, few questions, these can really, really shift things for you if you really get honest with yourself here. Where will you be in one year if you continue this way and not change? Where will you be in two years? What about five years? Where will you be in 10 years? So get really honest with yourself and journal on these questions and just assess what has really been the outcome of having your focus on weight loss constantly What's been the outcome on, on, your, on your goal? What's been the outcome on your body? What's been the results on your mental health, on your self-worth? Journal on these and really get honest with yourself. All right, so let's go ahead and go to the third reason why um, it's so hard to stop binge eating. And here's reason number three, you compare your body to others. One of my favorite quotes is comparison is the thief of joy. I actually use this as a mantra when I catch myself in comparison. This is huge, especially for those of us who have been so focused on trying to change our bodies. Um, and oftentimes, often, 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 <laughs> What we're seeing is not reality. It's all lies in our head. You know, I went on my first diet, the first one that I can remember anyway, back in high school. And I weighed maybe 130, 140 pounds. And I was mostly muscle. And I look back at pictures and I'm like, why did I go on a diet? And it's because in my mind, something was wrong with me. The problem was in my mind. And it continued to be in my mind over the next, um, what, 
10, 15 years. I was so afraid to stop dieting because I would compare myself, my body to images that I saw on TV and magazines. And now these days, social media. (laughs) Wow. And I would feel inadequate. And it took a long time for me to realize this happening in the moment. There's a few ways that we can work on this. Um, One of the easiest things you can do is to just in your social media, follow people who have diverse body types. All right, just see people who normalize different body types or, you know, different things like imperfections and flaws that we have. Um, Follow people who don't use filters on everything or who don't Photoshop everything. You know, people who are willing to show up just as they are. That's one really easy thing that you can do. And you'll be surprised the impact that has on your psychology. Um, One of the things that I did that was huge and crucial to me really making great strides in um, overcoming comparison was using critical awareness. I learned this from Brene Brown. Um, she is one of me, my favorite authors. I consider her a mentor from afar. Um, and she changed my life with her work. And her, the book was, I thought it was just me where I learned about this. And critical awareness is basically asking yourself some really meaningful questions about the images that you see in marketing. And it's about asking who benefits from me feeling X, Y, or Z negative way about myself. When you start looking at marketing and you ask yourself who benefits from this, really starts to shift things in your brain where you stop thinking, okay, something's wrong with me. And you start recognizing this message is actually actively being fed to me that there is something wrong with me for oftentimes a monetary gain. So that was just a really brief, in my own words, explanation of critical awareness. But you can Google Brene Brown critical awareness and get a more, um, I guess, scholarly definition of that. But I just want to tell a quick story about the first time I was able to use this in the moment. Um, And it stopped me from going back into dieting in that moment. I was watching um, a popular show that portrayed teenagers, young um, women. They weren't actually teens. They were probably in their 20s, their early 20s. Um, But the characters were supposed to be in high school. Y'all know how that is. (laughs) So, you know, in this show, um, they were always dressed perfectly and they had perfect hair and perfect makeup all the time. And of course, they were mostly um, stick thin, you know, um, and all had, um, hair that went down to their butt and it was all, you know, silky smooth hair and all of these things, all of these markers of typical beauty standards. And I enjoyed the show. I considered it a guilty pleasure of mine, but I would watch it like after work or whatever. And I remember, watching it one day and then it cut to commercial. And I remember I started thinking about going on a diet. (laughs) And I remember stopping in my tracks and realizing, oh my God, the reason that I want to suddenly go on a diet is because I've been watching the show with all of these unrealistic beauty standards. And now they've cut to a commercial 
that's selling shampoo. And all of a sudden the message was loud and clear. And I had been practicing critical awareness over and over and over again for probably months at this point. And I just asked myself, like, who benefits right now from me feeling like I'm not good enough? And I realized it was the the ads that had come on on the commercial break, like I was actually sitting there, I was as I was going through this in my mind, a shampoo commercial had come on. And there was a woman who looked very much like the women that were in the program that I had just been watching. And it was selling shampoo. And so that was a really big moment for me, because it changed my behavior. You know, it allowed me to stay the course. And I want to come back to that this isn't about weight loss, like losing weight or not losing weight. That's not what it's about at all. What it was about was what I was focused on. When I was focused on that I wasn't good enough as I was, that I wasn't worthy right where I was, that I couldn't accept and love myself for who I was, no matter what my my weight was, that was the issue being addressed by not dieting. At the end of your life, what are you going to be most concerned about? Are you going to be concerned with a number on the scale? Or are you going to be concerned with were you happy? Did you have good relationships? Did you make an impact in the world? You know, um, when I was able to finally put things in perspective and realize that more than anything, what I needed to do was love myself and be happy, then the results followed after that. So I really, really, really hope that you're getting this. Um, and I hope that it, it doesn't take you as long as it took me to realize this, um, because I had heard the same message so many times and just went, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, whatever, you know and really just blew it off. And that's what we do. We filter things through our current um, perspectives or our current contexts. But I really hope that that this sinks in for you right now. So there we have it. Those are the three reasons why um, stopping binge eating is so hard. The number one reason being that your brain wants to keep you binge eating. The number two is you're afraid to give up dieting. And number three, you compare your body to others. And I talked about how to address each of those. Um, So I hope that you will try those tips and really dig into this because this, this episode was really, it was a powerhouse, right? This was like the big, um, get right down to the bottom of it concepts that we really, we really want to avoid a lot of times, to be honest. And I avoided it for many years. So I'm right there with you. But, um, I hope that it helps. So remember that if you want some extra training around specifically cravings, how to get through cravings without giving into them, you can grab that free training at sinfox.com slash Rashonda Yates. And I will catch you next time on the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have gained any value from this episode or from the podcast in general, then I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes. It is such a big help. It helps me to reach more people. And 
if you did gain any insights, I would love to hear your takeaways and how you're implementing these tools. Over on Instagram, you can follow me at Rashandi Yates and send me a DM and let me know what you are using, what you're taking away from the episode, what your ahas are, things that you're seeing differently. I love having conversations with you over there. And until next time, I'll catch you on an episode on on another episode. Bye.